Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you? Outstanding. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I would be our guest, which if you are on YouTube, you will see a third party joining the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. No one has seen him on this podcast before, but you have heard him. He was on our soccer podcast. This is Mr. Joe Leonard. Joe, my man, how are you today? Doing well, Chris, guys. Thanks for having me on, as always. Our Joe, pleasure. I can't I can't tell you how excited I am about today. So me, Joe, and Adam. Joe is our soccer uh, <laughs> correspondent, which uh, if you guys listen to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, then you know that soccer is not the biggest thing on our podcast. Therefore, Joe's only been on once, but that's okay. We love Joe. He's on a little group chat with us, and we had some baseball talk, and this is going to get a little interesting. Joe's got some interesting topics, so we thought, you know what? What better time than Corona because baseball is not going to last a full season, obviously, because they've postponed 4,322 games already. So let's have some fun and talk about these silly rules that they got going on during the year that will never be remembered. 2020. <laughs> before, before we start, start on that, that yeah. Uh, sorry, before we start on that, Chris, I want to uh, quickly shout out training personally with Peggy Edwards. Uh, so the Nosebleed Sports Podcast is brought to you by Training Personally. No matter your level of fitness, if you're a, a beginner like me, an intermediate like Chris, or an advanced uh, workout person like uh, Joe, if you'd like to be challenged a little or a lot and want the benefit Just of working, to go work out. What's that? He just left to go work out. He's, 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 he said, I don't, I don't have to be on the podcast during the, the sponsors being read. He's giving us 50 push-ups right now. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. If you are not watching this on YouTube, if you are listening to it, then Joe is doing 50 push-ups as we speak. Um, if you like, but if you like to be challenged a little or a lot and you want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the personal trainer cost, Training personally with Peggy Edwards is the gym for you to check out. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe, she keeps them fresh, keeps them fun. She's going to keep you healthy. Uh, it's, it's a circuit, but everything's cleaned constantly, and you are doing the whole circuit in one spot. You go to the gym, you have your space. Everybody else is far away from you. You do your whole circuit in one spot. You have all the equipment you need. It's all cleaned. Um, and so stop in. Stop in and check it out. And uh, let Peggy Edwards know that you heard about training personally on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. You will get your first month of classes for free. So stop in, 3634 Budno Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, it's right next to Grace Lutheran Church, if you know where that is on the west side. Uh, give her a, a shooter an email if you have any questions. Peggy at trainingpersonally.com. She's on Facebook. Uh, training personally on Facebook. Trainingpersonally.com has all the information you need. Or give her a call, 513-328-0296. That is 513-328-0296. Chris, you have somebody for us, don't you? Adam, before I get into the second sponsor, I just want to say how much I love the fact that you are a true Westsider. Not only are you true Westsider, but you are a true Chevois. Uh, what do you guys call yourselves? Chevois Knights. 
Chevy Tonian, your true Chevy Tonian. You said to describe where training personally was, you said right next to Grace Lutheran Church, which Grace Lutheran Church. Idiot doesn't even know where Grace Lutheran Church is. Hey, but you know what? If you're listening to this this podcast, you should know that because that is where you and I both went to kindergarten. So that's yes, important to know. My second time in kindergarten. I failed the first kindergarten somewhere else, went to kindergarten a second time there, totally passed. There is an episode of King of Queens. I'm sorry to throw this in. I know we're wasting time. An episode of King of Queens where Doug finds out all these lies that his parents have told him for years. Uh, oh, the dog to, one, right? About the he, dog? Yeah, he had to repeat. One of them was he had to repeat kindergarten, and he didn't know because his parents told him it was super kindergarten. So you went, to, <laughs> you went to super kindergarten. Although, Chris, that probably helped you athletically, right, for sports? Um, so there's uh, no doubt. I was older than everybody else in my grade. Yeah, I could have played up. I'm glad I played in my grade, though, because we were way better than the grade above us. They were terrible at sports. We were phenomenal. Uh, no thanks to me, just thanks to the other kids in the class. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so uh, also brought to you by Ohio Mosquito Control. That's ohio-mc.com. At Ohio Mosquito Control, they offer quality services to the Cincinnati area at a reasonable prices. They're family-owned and operated, which we love. Small company, small group of people. They will get in touch with you. They'll set you up with you. Can set everything up online too. You never have to. You don't have to talk or touch or be anywhere near anybody. They set it up online. They come to your house. They spray. They get you taken care of. No mosquitoes. Zero. Well, I won't say zero mosquitoes. That's almost impossible. But no mosquitoes. My kids get bitten up like crazy. Joe, you are. Probably one of the, the first ones to ever go to Ohio Mosquito Control after hearing about it here on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. What do you think about them? We still use them to this day. I mean, I think it's probably, what, a year now we've used them. Uh, happy At with least, their service. Yeah. Thanks for the year, yeah. from the pod. But, uh, yeah, they still come to, our, come to our house out in Norwood. There you go. Anywhere in the Cincinnati area, you can get a hold of them at ohio-mc.com. Or you can call them at 513-347-3594. If you're in the Cincinnati area and you are a uh, residential house, uh, they'll come do a one-time spray if you got a party, which I hope you're not having parties because it turns out that's where all this corona is spreading from. But if you are, screw it. They'll come, they'll, uh, they'll come spray for you. Also, they'll come spray for you uh, for the entire season if you just don't want to get bitten up in your backyard. They'll also come to your commercial location and spray for you there. So get a hold of them, ohio-mc.com, 513-347-3594. Let's get into this. Boys, it's sports time. Baseball is going on. There was something that has never happened in the history of Major League Baseball. Once again, the Reds have become a first in the history of Major League Baseball. They had two scheduled seven-inning games, a doubleheader scheduled, both games scheduled for seven innings. I'm going to leave it at that, let Adam take over, and uh, I think this is where the podcast gets gets fun, I hope. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – so, yeah, like, like you said, very first in baseball history, seven-inning game not caused by a rain delay, scheduled, like you said. Um, 
some people love it, some people hate it, and I think we have representation from both sides here tonight. <laughs> um, so, uh, and we know that because we had that group chat, like you said, and, uh, and we started talking about it there, so we had to have Joe on because you guys, uh, you guys don't exactly see, uh, see it well, the same way. Before, but, before we let Joe talk, because he's a lawyer and that's all he does is talk all day, I just want to let it be known that Adam couldn't represent himself in this argument. So he had to bring a lawyer, a, a, an actual professional lawyer onto the podcast to fight his side of the argument. And I still believe I've got the winning debate. Listen, I got friends in high places. What can I say? It is what it is. Joe, in mock trials in high school, how did you do? Were you guys like the all, were you like the all-time champ? So um, my first trial freshman year, I won best attorney for my trial locally. And then we went on to state. So from there, results weren't as good as that first year. But uh, no, we were, we were pretty good at McNick. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, you were the uh, like president of the uh, what was it, Xavier? You're the president of the uh, oh, what, there was some kind of specific attorney group of people that you were the president of. Let them know where you're from. Let them know your background. <laughs> uh, I'm an Eastsider, way Eastsider. In fact, West Claremont. Um, Sorry. Grew up in the East no, Gate area. Good. That's way east side. That's way past yeah, the bad way, east. I mean, way <laughs> east side. Outside the 275. He's almost, he's almost in Mount Orb. My <laughs> man. Not that he's, far. <laughs> he's Batavia. He's, we're talking Batavia. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eastgate, so before Batavia, but Eastgate, uh, St. <laughs> Veronica Vikings for grade school, uh, Archbishop McNicholas High School. Uh, the Rockets for high school, and then stayed UCL, locally. Went to did you see North? Undergrad. And then went to, behind, what I like to say, uh, behind enemy lines for law school at the University of Cincinnati. Mm. <clears throat> got to do what right. you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. All right, so I don't know how you want to start this because we started this in our text group uh, about seven innings, and – uh, Joe was trying to bait me into making this argument <laughs> for the last two days. And I refused to because I wanted to save it for today. So, Adam, I'm going to let you decide uh, how, how we get this thing started because I'm ready to go whenever you are. I feel like I wanna, Joe should get the first. I want to clarify something Adam said. Adam said, yes, for the first time in baseball history, seven innings. Well, are you saying the first time in Major League Baseball history or the whole entire history of baseball? Because I think, I think that's a really important part to start on. See, here we go, dude. Adam, I told you, this is what happens when you bring a pro in. This is what happens. We start getting minutia dropped in. Come on, man. Let's go. Major from League what, Baseball. From what I understand, yeah, Major League Baseball, they have never scheduled seven inning games, right? I think Chris said that well. Okay, well, not to be cliche, I think before we discuss where we might go with the game, we have to first talk about where we've been. So what's interesting is that my research has revealed that baseball, when it was created, in fact, 
you actually played to a certain number of runs. And I think at the time it was called aces. And coincidentally, uh, most of those games averaged about six or seven innings, just to throw it out there. And then in the middle of the 19th century, so yes, a long time ago, a group of guys got together and said, you know what, how many players should play in the field? And they said, some guys said seven, some guys said nine. And for some reason, the, the ones that said nine won out. And so they said, okay, so we got nine players in the field. Our lineup card's going to be nine players. So I guess we got to stick with the number nine and we got to play nine innings. So that, that is how they landed on nine innings. It was the most arbitrary decision in sports history other than maybe 18 holes in golf. Can we, can we agree that, uh, that everything has to start somewhere? And, and whether you're playing uh, four quarters of basketball, five guys on a court, um, whether you're playing, uh, I don't know who plays in cricket. I don't know the cricket rules. I don't know the soccer rules. I think it's 11, right? 11 guys, uh, two 45-minute halves. We got to agree that everything starts somewhere, right? Correct. I agree with that. Okay. Okay. Continue. Well, I, I, so I agree that it was important to bring that up, though. To, 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 so that we know that I brought up that everything starts somewhere, right? That right. was important. Everything starts somewhere, but this started somewhere just randomly. Just there was okay. no reason. Let's start there was no guys on if we're going to talk about that, then let's – where randomly did we come up with five men on a basketball court? Well, that's it. it that's the same thing, though. That's, so, I don't know. Dr. James Mason okay. came up as with that. As long as it said that it's the same thing, I'm good with that. Continue. I think the reason why I go to the history of the game is because I think from where I'm sitting, the leading argument from anyone for nine innings seems to be, well, that's just what we've always done. Well, that's just not true. And there's this nostalgia about, well, we have to keep nine innings. Well, the game wasn't created for nine innings. In fact, the game was created in such a way to emphasize and highlight offense that's why it was played to a certain number of runs and I think so do you know so so since you've been on the history side of things how long have we been playing nine innings for a very long time since like the mid 19th century okay which you got to help us out what does the 19th century mean is that the 1800s (laughs) so like the 1850s ish just just making sure we understand the time frame that we're all going about I mean we're almost talking about cavemen here right Cavemen used to beat things over the head. They they'd hit a rabbit in the head. Now we got then they then there was traps. Then there was you know uh, a bow and arrow, and then a rifle. You know we've got lots of things happen over time. But so so it evolved. The game evolved just like everything else into what is best, which is they figured nine innings is best, and we made it nine innings. So go ahead and continue. Well, I think uh, another thing is. Do we agree that baseball, that the emphasis of baseball should be on offense or should it be on defense? Should it be pitching? Because I think the, the reason why baseball has declined over the years is because pitching staffs have been inflated, too much emphasis on bullpens and closers. I mean, closing, the closer position is the most overrated position of any sport, I think. And there's just not enough emphasis on offense and I think the McGuire Sosa you know whether you want to see that as scandalous 
or, or like you want to see it as what saved the game, what it revealed is, is that baseball survives when there's offense. And these, so, this year after year of the pitcher, that is just ruining the game. So we got okay. to get back to focusing on offense in the game and quit wasting our times in these late innings of focusing on relief pitching and closing. Runs are being scored. In, uh, over, over the last 10 years, runs were, have been being scored at an all-time. We're, offense, this, is, this has become an offensive game. Depending on what you want to say, whether starting pitching has gone down, whether people use their relief pitchers too much, the reason the bullpen has become such a big deal is because the offense has gotten so big in the game that you have to try to stop it, and they don't believe and, and they believe that sabermetrics will tell you and other things will tell you. Second and third time around in a lineup is when uh, hitters start to pick up on a pitcher and they're going to hit a pitcher better. Therefore, the more pitchers you use, the more different arms out there, the less that offense is. So yes, you, you may want more offense, but in order to win the game, you need the other team to have less offense. Am I wrong about that? As long as well, I'm glad you brought up offense because statistically, yeah, maybe overall there's more runs, but statistically most of the offense occurs again, coincidentally or not within those first six innings. I mean, you see this huge drop off every single year for the amount of office. Once the, um, you know, four seam fastball pitchers come in and the velocity goes up. And so, I actually saw this and found it very interesting. I mean, there's an incredible amount of runs scored in the first inning of baseball games. And so most of the action that really matters to fans happens between the first and probably six innings offensively. From there, it's this silly game of bringing in all these relief pitchers to face one batter. That's why MLB introduced that weird rule where you have to face three batters this year. Um, and, and again, it's like, okay, well – as a baseball fan, I think the competitiveness occurs most in those first six to seven innings, and I just don't see the value in having those last two innings. So why do you feel like the, competi the competitiveness dies down when there's less runs scored and it's more of a pitcher versus hitter role? I feel like the competitiveness jumps up in those last two innings. You've got more of a standstill. I feel like the competitiveness is, is less in the first. If they're scoring more runs in the first seven innings, then it's not as competitive. Where the competitive nature comes in is when there's less runs and it's more hitter versus pitcher, different hitter, different pitcher, different, and, and that comes into the effect. Does that, Adam, does that make sense? Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I feel like though that if you if you plan to play seven innings, that same if it's you know if it's if it's a one run game at the end of you know in the middle of the ninth and you're going to the bottom of the ninth and you need a run or it's tied or something like that you need a run to win. That same that same situation is going to be just as exciting if you're if you know you're playing seven innings and you're going to the bottom of the seventh. 
Or if you play, oh, you five, play seven, nine, eleven. You 15, might have a, your starting pitchers may only pitch three innings, and then you've got a bullpen coming in to try to lock down the last two. That that's another thing that I was thinking about when when Joe was talking about that is um, they've been trying for the last few years to figure out ways to speed up the game because people are getting tired of sitting there for three and a half hours watching baseball. So um, that's one thing. I mean, obviously, obviously, cutting the number of innings down would be. But that means that you would have to spend less time. And that's why they, they've limited the number of mound visits and stuff like that to try to help with that. But you wouldn't need any more mound. You wouldn't need as many mound visits because, you, you know, if your starter goes six or seven innings, that's pretty much the whole game. You might bring a reliever in. Well, would the starter continue? It's like anything else. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, starters went longer. There was still the same amount of innings, but the statistics show different things for them to bring relievers in to try to stop runs from being scored. So, so if we end up doing this, right, and you end up deciding we're going to go seven innings, in, in 20 years we're going to go, why are we playing seven? Jeez, oh, Pete, there's still five pitchers being thrown in seven innings. It's going to continue in that same – what, what makes you think it won't continue in that same trajectory down of pitchers seeing the amount of hitters? Because that's the thing that seems to be the uh, overall case for most of these managers is how many times through the order do they get to see your starter? So if their batting average is 0.6 or whatever after the first after the first time around the order and then a, a little bit higher after the second time they see him, and then the third time it jumps up to like, you know, uh, 2.2, uh, you know, 280 batting average after the third time around. Who, who's to say they won't continue that and just keep bringing in pitchers just earlier in the game? Well, I think this week proves it. I mean, how many nights did you sit on your couch tonight and think, why are you pulling the starter right now? I mean, I think that night, that is the best the evidence for why it won't happen. It, you're – I mean, we're all yelling at the TV of why, you know, the Reds starters are getting pitched after only six innings. I think, I mean, again, I think that evidence alone, that ain't going to happen. We want the starters to stay in that long. Um, so, I don't know. I kind of I kind of liken it to, you know, if we want to talk, let's go to college basketball. You know, you get – you're facing a team with a good center and you start pounding it inside. You finally get that center to get like four fouls, maybe, you know, midway through the second, you know, half. Well, now you've completely changed the game. And now, you know, the strategy's worked. Well, bringing in the relief pitcher is like all of a sudden saying, oh, you know what, at the 10-minute mark in the second half, their starting center gets a reset of all their fouls. You know, it's well, like – I disagree. It means you completely get – It means the you game. have somebody else on the bench that you can bring in. It's – you're doing the exact same thing that I – if your bench is strong enough – in college basketball, you can bring one or two more guys off the bench to take over those fouls. If your bench is good enough in baseball, then your bullpen will, will, will carry on. If your bench is not good in basketball, then you don't have anybody to bring in to, to, to sub in. As a Xavier fan, we know how that is. There are times where we just don't have any other big men to bring in. In baseball – as Reds fans, we know there's just times you don't have a reliever that you feel you have the faith to bring in. Yeah, I just think totally baseball just completely sorry. alters 
the competitiveness at that stage in the game for no reason other than to what get outs. I don't, I don't, I just, I think the game should be focused well, on scoring runs and filling up, filling up innings with meaningful action. You're such a lawyer. I get, there's no energy. It's just point after point after <laughs> point. Just say your thing. I, I, I don't got, I don't get anything out of it. Here's the deal. I got, I got one for you here. All right. Joe, you know as well as anybody else, because you're probably the biggest uh, nosebleed sports supporter uh, of the podcast. So you know that I'm a very big LeBron James fan, right? Right. There was a point in time where uh, LeBron was in Miami and the end of his career, the end of his first stint in Cleveland, where the joke was, if you give LeBron a dollar, and ask him for change, you're only going to get three quarters. Right? Right. So I feel like as a red fan, I feel like, I feel like, I'm going to leave that go. I feel (laughs) like as a Reds fan today with the, the absolute best, literally they have the best ERA in all of baseball when it comes to starting pitchers and the worst ERA in baseball when it comes to relief pitchers. It is so easy to try to make this argument of seven innings of play. Could you ever imagine somebody making an argument in basketball of, I think we should only play three court, three would be quarters, obviously three, whatever you want to call it, trimesters or whatever, instead of four, three, 12 minute deals, shortens a game, Whatever, if, if you want the game shortened, which I don't, but all the things. And it's easy to say if you're a LeBron fan early, he's always up by 15 going into the fourth. There you go. So what, what I, my, my thought process is, is this just because you're a Reds fan that you feel this way? No, I mean, honestly, the LeBron thing isn't that for, it's not like he runs out of gas in the fourth quarter. It's that, he just has, for some reason, this thing that turns off during what, what's called winning time. So even if you went to three quarters, the last so many minutes of the, that third quarter, that new, th- new end of the quarter, he would just, you know, do his normal avoid the free throw line crap that he does and be scared to take winning free throws and, you know, facilitate, because that's what the terminology is these days for him at the end of games. And, you know, it just, it doesn't matter. I mean, when it comes to winning time, he just, he just uh, freezes up a little bit. Number one, totally disagree. Number two, (laughs) number two, I feel like that's the exact point that I'm making with baseball. You, you get to the end of a game and things have evolved to where you feel like you need something different at the end of a game and you need something different from LeBron. LeBron is phenomenal throughout the regular part of the game. Not my words, everybody else's words. He's phenomenal. When it comes to the clutch, the most in, the the you're winning the game and you need a stopper. You need a clutch guy to get you a bucket. Some people say LeBron's not your guy. Some people say you need a different type of mentality to come onto the mound in that case. 
who's to say this is this would change anything in baseball if we shorten the game yeah but why why do you need that i mean michael jordan didn't say hey you know i'm out scotty take over you know thanks you know i'm good yeah yeah i got the i got food i got food you can't compare the rest of you can't compare anyone to michael jordan that's like saying okay hey uh uh you know what well cy young pitched i don't even know what it is he pitched whatever 700 complete games in his career, which is not that many, but it's, you know, 200 complete games in his career. That's never going to happen, right? Things evolve. It's just not going to happen. You know, I, I think that it would, it would benefit teams like, and it would help speed up the game because you wouldn't make as many pitching changes for teams like the Reds, which I'm sure is why you asked him if he feels like that way because he's a Reds fan. And this year, yes, because their starter, starting pitching is so good. And for any other team that the starting pitching is so good, that's going to benefit those teams. And you're probably right, Chris, for teams that are, are you know, have terrible pitching staffs. I'm not saying you're right about the whole thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm writing it down I'll right now. You're, I'll celebrate. Probably, you're probably right in the fact right. that it might not change Chris. much. You might still have just as many. You might have as many. I'll sign that next time I see it. Um, you might have just as many pitching changes in seven innings for really bad pitching staffs as you do right now in nine innings. It might just be that way. But those don't matter much anyway because those teams are losing every day and they're not, they're not going to mean much for you for, for playoff baseball, which is what we're you know, working toward every day, right? So um, it, will, it would benefit some teams more than others. And it would speed up games more than others. Um, I think it just depends on what kind of team you have. But it's it's apples apples and oranges, Chris. I mean, for the take the Heat for example, you know, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth didn't come off the bench and hit that you know game winning three. You know, Chris Bosh didn't come off the bench in the last couple minutes and make a you know big rebound to kick it to Ray Allen. I mean. The, those guys played. They started the game. They all played. Sure. The starters sure. that started the game, for the most yeah. part, are you know in many ways usually the guys that are there to close it out. So you know, I I'm, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Oh, I agree with you there. To where my my point may not be exactly apples to apples. I mean, every day before a the game point that I wanted to you, make. Was, what do you look at? You look at the lineup card, the starter. You kind of. I don't know. Some, I mean, you're not looking at who's available in the bullpen. You also, you also get to bring guys in and out of the game as many times as you want to in basketball, too. Uh, True. So, so it'll never be an apples to oranges comparison. It's impossible. The biggest thing I want to, to, to press, though, is could you imagine playing college basketball – well, not college basketball. Could you imagine playing the NBA with – Three trimesters. I can't think of any other better word than trimester, but that's gets got that can't be right, right? What's you just play halves? I mean, college does two 20 minute halves. I mean, I think there's a legitimate argument for the NBA not to play 12 minute quarters. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care. It doesn't bother but me. They're as not going to play a different amount of time. It's yeah. not going to happen. They're not going to play a different amount of time. Even if you bring them into two halves, they're not playing a different amount of time. They're going to play the same amount of time. And you get to sub 
as often as you want in basketball. So it's not necessarily apples to oranges there either. It's the fact that this is how much time they play. This is how long their game is. The, the NHL has played three periods. There you go, periods. Hey, it's the NHL. Just think about it, ding dong. Anyway, the NHL has played three periods for, I can't even tell you how long because I don't know anything about the NHL. Major League Baseball has played nine innings for two or 200 and however many years. Not quite. What? 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 What Not gives quite. us? What is it? 150 years. However many you want to make it. Yeah, like let's, 100. Let's, call it 170. Okay, 170. 250, 170. It's all the same. You get over. You get over 75 years. It's all the same. Either way, the point is that is the game of baseball. That is what Major League Baseball is. That is the the length of the game is what everything is based on in the history of the game. Name one other sport that has changed that part of their game. There's always rules rules changes, always. Come up with another sport that has been around for even 100 years that has changed that part. Tennis has a certain amount of sets. Soccer has a certain amount of periods or, or, or has the two halves. Uh, the NHL has the three periods. It, why, why is it okay for baseball? Because all of a sudden everybody thinks it's boring because we've got social media and we need everything right now, 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 so moving. And it's a little bit slower moving of a game. Why, why do we have to do that now? I, I don't think, first of all, it doesn't matter what any other sport has done. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think that's what Joe brought up to begin with. And that's what the, that's the thing. That's what I, I keep for any, anybody that has a problem with any rule changes or anything be, for the reason that that's the way it's always been done. I, that's that's what you have to you have to have something better than that's because that's the way it's always been done and and it, it's it's okay with rule changes though but and that's that's all this is though I mean that's all this is too is a rule change basically I mean it's now this is a, this this is bigger than a rule change this is the length of the game the game every sport every game has the length of a game. That that's start to finish. It's been there for a long time. If you're if you're you playing nine, stuff in between. if what? you're playing nine, why not play ten or eleven? Why not make it that? I would love that. <laughs> I play fifteen innings if we could. I play I play fifteen innings every day. Let me ask you this. That, because, let me ask you this because it, it it's good. I'm glad Joe brought up that they because I didn't know that they first started out playing to a certain number of runs. You can't do that because games might – tonight's Reds game was 2 nothing. If you play first team to four innings, it might take you 77 innings to get there. But – so you exactly. can't do that. What about if they want to really change how the speed of the game and maybe the speed of the game doesn't pick up, but what about putting a time limit on a game? What about making it – and I know, Chris, you're going to say no, because but what about making it two two hours and 15 minutes for a game and – it's done. Whoever's winning at that point, it's over. Or two twenty or two thirty, whatever they decide it is. What if I told you? What if I told you? What if I told you that you're watching a NBA game, and it's 
110 to 110 at the end of regulation. And they go into overtime. And then it's 122 to 122. And they go to a third overtime. And right now I've got goosebumps just talking about this. Like this makes me excited. Yeah, I love, I love I overtime basketball too, man. I all night to watch this, right? I want this all night. And then I said, you know what? Actually, the game ended back at 102 and 102 because it, 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 was, it was an hour. It was, it was two hours and 12 minutes long, and we stopped it. Isn't that the Elon ending? Isn't that the Elon ending that they're experimenting with with the TBT tournament? I have no idea. I have no idea. But the, the, the thing that it brings to me is the All-Star game. I like an exhibition game. It makes the all-star game fun for me to kill everything and say, all right, here's the score we're going to play to at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's the Elon ending. Okay, so three straight games. I'm good with that. In an exhibition game where nobody takes it seriously and the game means absolutely nothing. In an actual game, I don't like that because basketball is played a certain way. You play basketball for this amount of time, and the winner at the end of that time is the winner. Not, not, not you play three quarters, and then, okay, this is the score we get to. First one to their wins. Absolutely not. That is, yeah, for a game where it's 200 to 200 after four quarters because nobody gives a care, nobody plays defense, sure. But in real-life basketball – you can't tell me, Adam, that you like that. Well, again, I, did you guys watch the TBT tournament at all? Did not. I mean, those are real games. I mean, they were playing for a million dollars. And basically what they did was, I think it's like the first stoppage after four, after four minute mark in the fourth quarter, they essentially add so many points to the leading score, and that's what you have to hit. It's and, what they did in the All-Star game. Yeah, and it was amazing. I mean, it, it was amazing. And again – it's it really makes you think of like but it's not basketball joe that's not basketball what do you mean i mean i've got a basketball court in my back hoop i don't put up a clock and play four quarters we play by ones and twos and play the first of 21 win by two i mean that's how you you tell you this brother but you play that's how they play at rucker park i mean who's to say that basketball is a clock i mean i think more people play basketball to a certain score in the world than they do based upon a four quarters and a clock recreationally yes they do professionally absolutely not when i'm playing recreational ball i'm playing you in your backyard we're playing to 10 because god knows nobody wants us to play for two hours of basketball although getting to 10 might take us two hours there's a huge difference in rec ball and professional ball and what you do, what you do as a kid trying to get better, as to what a professional does on an everyday basis for their job. Let, let, let's take it back to baseball. So you have whether it's timed or you play a certain number of innings. There's a set point. It's going to stop after nine innings. And to me. That's kind of the same. Like if you want to put a, you know, it, but you just don't know how long it's going to take you to play nine innings. And, and to your, to, to your original 
um, your original reply to that question, you would still play overtime. You would still play extra innings. If it's, if, if you put a two hour and 15 minute time limit on a game and it's tied at the end of that, then yes, you play, you play until you get, uh, until both teams get another chance to bat. And, and the, you know, somebody is winning at the end of that next inning. What I find, okay. what I find interesting is that, I mean, I think we're all coming from the same place of wanting to preserve or save the sport. And to, from my perspective, the writing's on the wall. I mean, the league is putting in these goofy rules to try to speed up the game when to me, the most logical thing they could do is just eliminate two innings. I mean, you've got the whole thing about, Oh, if it's tied after nine, we got to put a runner on second. You know, it's like in softball where you that'll go, never stick. That's the dumbest thing in the entire world. That's why. So, so why not just do the most logical thing, which is just eliminate two innings? Or you've got, I mean, hockey did that too. So, in hockey, they now do the they eliminate players on the ice. I forget how many. They go to like five to five on five or something for overtime to get that last point. I mean, all these different you know sports are considering the ones that are having issues with time. But they still play three periods yeah 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 the three they didn't periods. decide to just go two halves yeah three they periods. still play three periods all right i was just making sure yeah but if you go to a hockey game i mean that is 20 minutes of constant action three i mean i think hockey might be some that, of your that, that, that's not fair that's not fair because baseball's value. slower because baseball's baseball's been slow for how long is it? Tell me again, 150 years, 470 years, however many years it's been. Baseball's always been a slow game. It's a slow game to, to certain people, but there is always something happening. In every player's mind, things are always going on. And if you're watching a game, you can have something going on constantly. The action may not be as constant as you want it in this day and age because of where we're at, but – but, but baseball has been that way forever. And I know that I sound like old man baseball. Baseball's been that way forever. That's just how we do it. I don't care. I'm, I'm getting more okay with the DH. All right? Listen, I'll say I'm old man baseball. But I'm, 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 I'm pushing the DH. I'm, I'm understanding, you know, why do these guys that are just professional throwers of the baseball have to hit? I understand that. It's starting to make sense on all for, for everywhere. I like it. I, I kind of still like it, but you know, not having a DH, but it is what it is. But the length, like how long you play the number of innings, every stat, every historical being that is baseball is based off of nine innings. Everything is based off that. Now all of a sudden we're going to change it. Yes. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Thing. I feel like I, I feel like at that point in time, with that sentence and your answer, I don't know that we'll. I don't know that there is an in between. But so, yeah, you you won't be able to compare. Um, you know, you won't be able to compare Wade Boggs' numbers to, uh, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s numbers at the end of his career if they changed it right now and kept it that way seven innings every game. Because, yes, they're not playing the same amount of innings. They're, so their their career, Wade Boggs' career is way longer over the same amount of years as Ronald Acuna Jr.'s if he plays the same amount of years. 
because Wade Boggs played that many more innings. But that just has to be the thing. Like, if you – baseball is not going <laughs> to exist if people stop going. And I think that's the big thing. That's why they have to figure out a way to get more people engaged. I think people are going to stop going. Well, that's, that's, that's why they're trying to do that because less people are going, less people are watching. They, they're trying to connect to fans to bring people back, and you have to make it more interesting for that because you're right. It was it, the game's always been slow, but the whole is, world is slower. That doesn't speed the game up. That doesn't make the action any faster. The action is being there is no right. speed in the action by cutting two innings off. Yeah, the I, speed I, yeah, I agree on the field doesn't change. Correct. And if that is what is of- killing, if that's what's killing baseball, you're not doing anything for baseball the except total- just changing the world that we've lived in for a hundred years. The Sorry. total amount of time you have to invest in it, that's, that's the issue, I think. I think that's, how, that's what they feel like is the biggest reason why people don't spend that, you know, people don't throw. If you're going to a game, you're talking about five hours to, to, to leave, to go to the game, to find parking, to get down there, especially if you're taking a whole family, you're there for the game, then you got to walk through the crowd and get back to your car and get home and all that. You're talking about an entire day, basically. I love it. So great. That's I really great. Thought, I love it too. I really thought Chris I, – I thought that's where Chris was going to lead off is that, hey, now beer sales will stop in the fifth inning of a seven-inning game. I never even thought about it. I just threw my pencil. I don't have a pencil now to play with. God bless America. That would be the worst thing in the world. What's argument. the point of that? Why even go to a game if the beer sales cut off after five? Here's the, here's the last thing I have about this. Cutting two innings off the game, I think, I think does way, way, way less to change the game than adding the runner at second to start the extra inning. And, and even worse than that is the three batter minimum. I think you're, you're taking the strategy out of the game then. And I, yes. I don't care if you, you take the strategy out of the game, then I think you're really changing baseball a lot more with the three batter minimum stuff than you are taking two innings away. Because it's the same exact game you've always played, just two innings less. So more people are going to be willing to invest their time into watching a whole game. Do you think so? People talk about how boring baseball is. That's the whole thing. Baseball is boring. If it was three innings, they'd be bored. They're bored in three innings. So what makes you think that – seven innings is going to be any less boring than nine innings. Why, what makes two hours any less boring than two and a half hours? Well, because you know. statistics say the offense all occurs the first inning and through the sixth inning. Then there's this huge drop-off. The, the offense thing- might occur, but no matter what, the, the competitive nature that comes to the end of any game, whether it's baseball whether it's basketball, football, I know those are timed sports, and that makes things a little bit different, and I totally understand that. I know that you know there's no time left in this game. We have to score. We have to do this. But in baseball, you have <laughs> there's no more innings left in this game. We've got to score. We've got to do this. I don't. I don't see how the. I. I, I just. I. I totally feel like the at the end of the game there may be less runs scored. But the competitiveness of the game, the what draws you in to the competitiveness of the game is higher 
at the end of the game because there's less offense. And that, and that might happen in the seventh inning now instead of the ninth inning. And then, and then you go – Now we're not playing baseball. Now hours. we're playing college baseball. Now, you, now you're just playing a college baseball game or a rec league softball game. See, if it's good enough that's like for saying, that's like That's like playing a backyard basketball game and saying that's a professional ba- basketball game. Well, what, no. what's, what's the rule on weather? What, what, what's the minimal innings for them to call a game because of weather? Five innings, right? Yeah, I mean, we all live with that. Yeah, because Mother Nature takes over. Yeah, but we don't say that game was illegitimate. I mean, that was enough. Well, I still feel like a lot of that is illegitimate. We just have to deal with it because Mother Nature. And it's not always called there. If it's an important game, they will continue that game on at a later point. If that game is to to decide who wins the National League Central, they will play that game. They will finish that game before they continue their next game of the series or something like that at the end of the year. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I still don't feel like that equates. equates. I, just, I just don't – I guess I don't buy the notion that there's going to be all these statistical categories all of a sudden eliminated. I mean, ERA is ERA. It's going to be statistically based upon – however many number of innings you pitch. I mean, starting pitchers, we already say a quality start is six innings. Well, I'm not eliminating six innings. I'm saying seven. Closers can come in in the seventh inning and close. I'm really talking about eliminate Michael Lorenzen's position. I want Michael Lorenzen out of a job. That is what I'm talking about. With no. Eliminating. 100% going back to my – original argument of as a Reds fan right now today this is why you're making the argument Michael Lorenzen was everyone's favorite Red for three years and then this year he sucks off the face of the earth and nobody wants seven innings get rid of his job I think that's I, 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 I can't do that and I understand that there are pitching stats such as, such as ERA that comes down to earn runs per inning pitched. I understand that. That makes total sense. That's not going to be affected. There are 7,000 different stats more than that that are based off of a full nine innings. The biggest stat in all of sports for a – uh, 19, 20, 20, uh, so for 75 years was 62 home runs or really 60 home runs, 61 home runs for 60 for, for Babe Ruth back in the twenties, but put it into 62 and 62 for Roger Maris till what? 2007. So 50 years, the biggest stat in all of sports was home runs in a season. Call me old-fashioned. Call me whatever you want. Things like that change. And that still means something. Like, there, there's, there is something to the history of the game that means something. Whether you want to change it because of the times and because of social media and the now factor of the world, 
in the go, 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 I still feel there's a, there's, there's a little bit that needs to pull back and say, you know what, maybe we do need to slow down. Maybe we do need baseball to slow us down. I realize obviously I'm old man baseball right now. I know that. Okay. I know that. But that is baseball. 162 games, nine innings a game. You get extra if it's tied. Every statistic outside of earned run average is in, in on base percentage and in uh, batting average. Every other statistic is based off of that. I mean, for I mean, for a season long or career long stat is based off of that. So it is total. It'll be total numbers. And yes, those those records those records aren't going to go anywhere. They're not going to be uh, marked from the from the record books or anything like that. You'll just have new ones. It, the, baseball is divided. All, people talk all the time into into different eras. So I mean, I, I, you're just in the next era. You're not in the live ball era anymore. Now you're in the seven inning era or whatever. It, 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 there will just be new that's, records. That's, 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 that's a different – that's that's not the same, though. Live ball era, dead ball era, uh, uh, course field era, whatever you want to call it, juiced era, whatever you want to call it era-wise, oh. none of those – gun scared me for a second. <laughs> look out for the gun. None of those – none of those are affected by the actual length of the game that has never changed. Well, they added the three-point line in basketball, and, I mean. Apples to oranges. Don't start doing this again. We're going to have to have Adam say apples to oranges. I, but, but that's – no, that's legitimate, though, because – right, so that's the DH. Do you question so the scoring DH. records? Do you question so the three-point line is the DH. I'm good with that. Mm, I mean, why not? You get nine batters in a game. How many shots do you take in a game? And how many of them are threes compared to twos? Obviously, it's changed way more – Lately, but it's more offense. DH brings in more offense. Throw the DH in. I'll take but, it. That's your three-point line. I'm but good. that's only. But that's only in the American League. So I mean, you're not. You I'm don't good. really talk about. I'm good. Bring it in the National League. The DH is not going anywhere. The DH is locked in. We're done. We will never see a pitcher hit unless it's Michael Lorenzen pinch. Michael Lorenzen pitch hitting or Shohei Otani hitting every game except for the day before and after he pitches. That's it's it. We're that that's done. I'm I'm good with that. The DH is here. That's the three point line. I'm good with that. But but for years you've had the DH in the American League, but you don't you don't talk about at the end of somebody's career that pitched almost exclusively or completely exclusively in the National League versus somebody who pitched exclusively in the American League. You don't really talk about that when you compare, you know, like Hall of Fame pitchers. You know, like Randy well, Johnson probably spent most of his time. It's almost one tenth of the order. So, when it comes to pitchers, I don't feel like it makes that. I don't, I don't feel like one tenth is a big enough sample size to change everything for you. I do believe that American League pitchers are looked at completely different than National League pitchers because they have to pitch to a full. I, I feel like that's been for a very long time, where it's harder to pitch in the American League than it is the National League. I 100% I don't think that's ever changed. I think or I don't think that's ever been a, a thing where they're equal. 
Like I don't, that's not equal the, in any way, shape or form, even though it's only one tenth. But at the same time, uh, when it, when it comes to a, uh, a full game in the way that the game is played, you can bring the DH in. And I don't feel like that is anywhere near equivalent to changing two innings of a baseball game. Hmm. So what if they, what if they keep that three batter minimum? It's the dumbest thing in the entire world. It's, it's the speed of the game, right? Should have never done it this year. I mean, if they keep that, don't you feel like you're getting cheated out of, out of baseball? More than you would if you had more more than you would if you had if you took two innings away. Um, I feel like I'm being cheated equally. Okay, that's two more batters than you have to pitch to. It's two more innings than I should have had. Okay, okay, I can't make that. I can't say yes or no to that just right now. I dislike three batters more then I dislike seven innings. I will say that without a doubt. I, I, I feel comfortable with that. I hate three batter minimums. I hate that. I really, really dislike seven innings of baseball being a permanent thing. I did enjoy the two seven inning. I enjoyed that. I'm cool. I, I like that. I'd even be okay if you said, all right, it's a doubleheader. Two seven inning games. That's what double headers will be. I'm, I can live with that just because of, just because if I was a baseball player, <laughs> that is way too long. I feel like you're, I feel like there's almost Joe as a corporate lawyer. I feel like they almost have a reason to be able to sue because that's almost 18 hours of your life that you're giving up to a double header to work. So I, I can agree with something to that extent, but I can't, I, I, I can't agree with it to all out all the time. Can't do it. I feel like I just gave in. I feel like I just gave in. I feel like Joe, the Joe as a lawyer is about to jump on me and just squash me like a bug. And I feel, I kind of feel like Jack, Nicholson and and you're and you are Tom Cruise. That's kind of how I feel right now. You're gonna, yeah, I don't know what that that Navy movie was or whatever it was. A few good, good men. men. <laughs> yeah, a few good men. That's how I feel like right now. I should have never said that. No, I mean to me, I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, I'd you know, honestly, I'd if the state if if the fans are filling up the, the stadium and we're staying for all nine innings and loving every moment. Maybe we wouldn't have this conversation, but I just, I don't know for the sake of the game. I, I just think they got to start. So do you think that, do you think, do you think that the uh, amount of people that are at a baseball game are going to change if they make it seven innings? Not in of itself, but if, if you buy the premise that making it shortened to seven innings, it's, makes it more of a manageable family outing makes the innings more meaningful and competitive because they matter more because there's less outs. 
and you're going to have less at bats. Then yeah, I think it could after five innings or six innings or seven innings or eight innings or whatever, however many innings to beat traffic or for whatever reason. Well, you you see it. You actually you see evidence of this in soccer because the reason why FC Cincinnati is selling so many tickets is because you constantly hear parents say it is perfect. It's like two hours on the nose in and out of a soccer stadium for a soccer match. And constantly parents are just citing that as that is perfect timing for me and my family to get in and out of a sporting event. And that, I mean, that's winning a lot of parents over. All right. So as you speak, I'm sitting here pouring myself another cocktail. I, I can't, as an old man sitting here having a drink, I cannot think that that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't like, so, so uh, I, uh, part of me knows that you have to have fans to play the game. Right. I know that the other part of me knows that TV is taking over sports basically in general whether it's football has seen less crowds in general, baseball obviously has, but that TV money ain't changing, right? The TV money keeps growing. So people are still watching. Contracts are still getting bigger. The money is still there. I understand if you go there, you might, you don't want to be there for five hours. So don't be there for five hours. If you want to be there for an hour, be there for an hour. If you want to be there for two hours, be there for two hours. I used to look at people that left the baseball game before the ninth inning and thought, oh, and turn my nose up to them. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. Why would you not stay till the end? You know what? I'm an old man now. I don't leave baseball games early. But if you got to go, whatever, I don't give I don't care. Go. Leave. Xavier Games. I got an old lady that's 90 years old. And if the, it could be a 30-point game with a 30 seconds left, and if people start leaving, she, where are you going? Where are you going? You got early dinner plans? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, Ooh. this game's over, lady. What like, the, what do you care? What part of the country is she from? That was an uh, interesting accent. She's from, she's from the uh, – uh, I don't know how to put lipstick on part of the country. I put lipstick on my nose. Oh, that lady. And my face, and I'm 90 years old, and I just want to yell into the person's ear that's in front of me, this guy, uh, and say the craziest things in the world. You know, what's interesting about baseball, Chris, is because I I didn't really know this until they were having this argument about how long the season should be, you know, because they brought up all the revenue numbers and just how much the gate revenue is important for regular season. I mean, the TV money apparently is really in the playoffs for baseball. And so that's why there was that a lot of the negotiation was over how much of the revenue sharing is tied to the TV money in the postseason versus, you know, how much is it the regular season because you're not going to have so much gate revenue. Um, and whereas football, like football seems to be really focusing on the national TV deals um, because they're aired on obviously like 12 and Fox and sure. So, but, but with, with baseball, the gate, the only thing the players get in baseball in the playoffs is half of the gate. That's it. 
in the playoffs. The, the, this, I mean, before anything that's going on now and all that stuff. So be, be, this year and before, when it comes to the playoffs, yes, the gate is huge. Before that, there's no say outside of the playoffs. There is no, you're, you're paid off a season. There's nothing that is dictated in your contract that tells you how much you get paid based off the gate. That's all part. Of, so, so yeah, the, the, obviously the playoffs mean a big part. The gate of the playoffs are huge because what you're going to make in the playoffs is based off the gate. But before that it's hundred, I mean, I'm not going to say hundred percent, but it's largely still TV based. Yeah. That's why I don't know is how much, how much gate revenue, like the lot, like this year, for example, how much the loss of gate revenue has impacted the budgets and ability to pay players this year. I don't, I guess. I Apparently don't not that much because Mookie Betts just uh, brought in, brought in uh, quite a, quite a pretty penny. Uh, it's, so. but, but that's exactly what, that's exactly what the owners were citing for trying to get the players to take less money because they weren't going to make any money because there weren't going to be any fans coming in. You get the TV money, but like Joe was saying, the TV money is mu- a much bigger deal in the playoffs because advertising is so much more expensive. And they get the, the that TV money is not distributed is not distributed among the players. The TV money in the playoffs all goes to the team. None of that goes to the play. None of that goes to the playoffs. The only thing the players get is half of the gate. Once you get to the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you're Joey Votto or you're the the 25th man, 40th man on the roster, whatever, however many they, I don't even that, that that goes to show you they they expand it to 40 and then drop it back down to 25. But so, if you're the 25th man on the roster, you're making the same amount based off half of the gate in the playoffs. But you're playing for something different at that point. Your your season, your salary has nothing to do with that i wouldn't say nothing i can't say nothing yeah but you're almost almost nothing to do with it if you if you play for the florida marlins do you think how many people come to the game make a difference on how much money you're making absolutely not it's as it's all has to do with what you're making tv wise because nobody comes to your game anyway yeah and so maybe i am maybe i am influenced by being a you know, the market that we are being the Reds uh, and maybe a team like the Reds um, rely more upon gate revenue during the regular season for their year to year. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm just going to say this right now, Joe, next time we have a spirited debate on text and then you come on to the zoom, I'm going to need a little bit more yelling. (laughs) (laughs) It's that he's got to be calm, cool, and collected. He, he's it's uh he's got to do that for work. So he's I'm sure he's used to doing that. If if you get all emotional and stuff, you lose credibility, right? Am I right, Joe? That's right. There we go. That's uh, why he's number one number one defense attorney at uh, McNick freshman year <laughs> mock trials. Right there. That's it. Right there. You just saw it. You just saw it. All right. We we need to switch gears and thank you another because we, we because we wanted to get we, we we don't want to keep Joe up all night 
but we've got to get some soccer from him while he's here because Chris and I, like like you said up front, we just can't we just can't provide that for you. And I personally know at least at least two or three people that listen to this podcast consistently that are huge soccer fans. And two or three hundred provide yeah. that for them. So yeah. very important while we have a person who knows what he's talking about. We got to we got to cover that. So I think I'll use soccer to transition to the topic you really want to talk about, and that's the NBA bubble. <laughs> uh, what kind of frustrates me as a soccer fan is that right now everyone's acting like sports are all of a sudden back and that the NBA has everything figured out because they're doing this NBA bubble and they're all down there in Orlando. Well, guess what? Soccer has been down there for almost a month already. So I think soccer, the sport of soccer, should deserve credit because they're the ones that really figured this out. They're the ones that did a bubble tournament um, professionally and figured out how to way to do it safe for players, do constant testing. And, and, and honestly, the MLS has just had weeks upon weeks of zero uh, players uh, testing um, positive for COVID. But also internationally, I mean, if we hope to have – you know, fans in stadiums, or if we hope to see our teams play in stadiums, kind of like what they're doing in Major League Baseball, you've got to look at European soccer right now. I mean, they've finished up a regular season with teams traveling traveling constantly to other stadiums. They're doing these uh, continental tournaments right now, and they're doing them successfully. You know, players are safe. People aren't getting COVID. And so, you know, again, soccer is kind of leading the way on how to get back to playing sports safely. And hopefully um, we can get back to having fans in the stands. Remarkably, there was a soccer match played last month in Kentucky. Louisville FC uh, played a soccer match with fans. Um, I think they had their supporters groups uh, able to attend the game. But again, soccer leading the way. (laughs) Soccer leading the way. Um, getting us back uh, safely to sports. Um, and then shout out to FC Cincinnati. They got six points down in Orlando, uh, one, two of three. The first match did not go very well against Columbus. Um, Columbus has kind of been owning us, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what it was like to be a Dayton basketball fan until, you know, watching FC Cincinnati beat up. <laughs> so well played. So well played. Well, but we can talk uh, NBA bubble because, you know, the NBA players showed up after the MLS players, and uh, hopefully they've learned, learned a thing or two and improving upon what MLS has done down in Orlando. Before we get to that, I do I, – I would like to kind of to, to touch on that soccer thing because um, I feel like they're slow like, – like NBA obviously is getting the, the attention, right? Uh, however many people, however many days it's been since they've had a positive and from anybody that's been inside and it's been all good things, right? Three, three weeks Um, I think without a positive test. There you go. So, uh, and when it comes down to it, it's not even the MLS, it's European soccer. It's, and you can bring this into a political thing if you want and say that there are certain other countries that just take it a little bit more seriously than we do. And, and, and that's a big reason why they're, why they're able to do things like this. But when it comes down to it, you're right, Joe. Soccer, I have no problem with saying soccer 100% has led the way. 
I wouldn't even put the NBA next. I put golf next. I say soccer, golf, then the NBA. Because golf has been playing, they've been playing golf just as long, if not longer, than European soccer has been playing. And, I mean, they're, they're six tournaments in right now. I mean, we're getting ready to play a major here pretty soon. You know, it's – we're the, – the NBA is fantastic and has done a phenomenal job. But before we get too far overboard, it is good to think about some of the lesser sports out there that don't get the American credit that they should. Soccer, golf, I'll golf clap for you right here. <laughs> I got your golf clap. Golf is a totally different sport, though. Way, way, way easier to social distance and do what you're supposed to do with golf. You can't do that with soccer. You can't do that with basketball. Um, so definitely. I, oh, no, 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 no. I totally agree with that. But I'm just saying when it comes to sports in general, there are sports that are out playing and you're out there. I mean, listen, uh, you know, golf in the Cincinnati area has not shut down. You know, you've been able to play golf. I played golf on Christmas Eve. I played golf on, uh, I don't know, the day before Corona. I played golf a week into Corona. You know, we, we I have not stopped playing golf. But it's easier, sure. But there are sports outside of the NBA that have been playing. MLS may be a little bit more high profile because of the contact that still is going on with it. That's why, that's why we talked about, Chris, you and I talked about this when baseball was trying to figure everything out. I didn't understand why they didn't just keep all the teams in the spring training areas and try to do bubbles there in Arizona and Florida. I mean, even with Florida, even in Florida, well, obviously even in Florida, because that's where, that's where the NBA is. And none of those guys, 343 guys or whatever it is, don't have it because they're keeping everybody else away. And I, I feel like baseball would have much better chance. Every every Florida Marlin hat, Miami Marlin has COVID now, and now half the Cardinals have it, and it, it's it's blown up now, kind of in baseball. And your already condensed schedule is going to get blown out of the water even more because you know they're they're still traveling. It's it's over. I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I'll I'll put two minutes of of comedy live on the podcast up on this. There will not be a Major League Baseball season, which sucks for me because I said Aaron Judge was going to be the MVP, and my man is on fire. <laughs> I disagree. I think they're going to finish up. I mean. How? How, Joe? Because there's no possible way everybody can play the same amount of games. It's impossible. I think we'll just start forfeiting games. I don't know. I don't – I mean, I, I think they – they want to get to the playoffs. The amount of money on this playoff TV deal is going to be insane. And that's, that's what's driving everything is. You can't get teams to the playoffs? Then how are the playoffs so, even So look it? at soccer. Soccer is a good example. So even though, you know, we gave soccer a lot of credit, there were irresponsible teams. I mean, two teams could not play in the MLS's back tournament because they didn't do what they needed to do ahead of the time whether it be quarantining and getting testing. So two teams, you know, it was Nashville and I want to say FC Dallas maybe. I mean, they, they just no, said, no, you can't play. They can't play. And they just re, realigned the groups and they just said, you know what, that's just going to how it's going to be. If 
if teams have to leave, then we're going to just go, we're going to roll with the punches. And I think that's what they'll do in baseball. They'll, they'll come up with a way to keep whatever teams are being responsible. They'll make sure they get in the playoffs and they play games. Joe, are you in? Let's, let's do this. I, I feel like we should have, I feel like Joe should be in on this bet. I feel like two minutes of silent comedy on the podcast. I feel like Joe should be on this. I say we for, we forfeit the randomness of our three teams or four teams that we have in the in the playoffs, and we say and we just go to will there be an end to the MLB season that includes playoffs and a World Series? Yeah, I guess the question is. Will there be a World Series champ crowned? And I would say yes. Now, again, in fairness, I could totally see them get in a point where maybe they finish the regular season and they say, you know what, best record, they're the World Series champ. So that might happen. Again, they're just going to – they're going to do whatever they can to keep games going, even if that means – Okay, so let's say this. Let's say – let's do this. Joe, are you prepared to make – a nosebleed sports podcast wager. We're, we're not going to do well, – I, I, we, we can figure something out. But a nosebleed sports podcast wager on will there be a World Series? Yeah. Most of my wagers, though, involve wild mics, which ends up being good whether you win or lose. But Yeah, unless you get the – I'm pretty sure Joe's – Stupid hot wings. Stupid hot. That's Joe was the reason that we did stupid hot. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was the one who suggested it yep. originally when Adam had to eat the stupid hot wings. And stupid was exactly right. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so, so I feel like Adam. I feel like me and you are on the same side on this. We don't feel like there's going to be a World Series play. No, there I, might be a champion. But I don't feel like there's going to be a World Series that's ever played. Adam, I might have spoke out of turn for you. I, I think there, I think there still could be because I think there's, I think there's language written into that agreement that they made that says we're prepared for everybody to not play the same amount of games. Like there's something that says if it's you know whatever happens, if we have to adjust to to put people in the, to start the playoffs and not the same, you know, not everybody's played the same amount of games that's okay. Um, and in the playoffs, honestly, you know, if you start a playoff series and in the, you know, before game two, uh, 16 reds come up with negative or with positive COVID tests, you know, they're either going to have to bring 16 new players in and finish that series, or they're going to have to say, you know what, the reds are playing the Braves right now. The reds can't feel this, you know, can't play, can't field a team. The Braves advance, you know, that could be. Yeah, and that'll be, that'll be hard to swallow for a lot of fans, but I think they'll just do it. Um, I just think. Let's make the bet. Let's go. What's the bet? Come on. I say no world. It's going to be a world series. There will be a world series. All right. I say there's not going to be a world series. We got to have something out here. Adam, me and Joe, what do you got? Um, I mean, if you want to do wild Mike, you want to do a wild Mike's bet? You know, oh, gonna do you do want to do stupid hot wings, wings? Since, I've already, since I've already done that? Are we going to do stupid hot wings? Are we doing stupid hot or are we doing some crazy number like you got to eat 40 wings in a certain amount of time? Oh, my God. 40 wings? <laughs> I, I couldn't eat four of those 
I couldn't eat. How about anything? How about ten? You want to do ten stupid hot? You want to do ten stupid hot? I hate hot. I'm, I am so terrible with hot. Ten stupid hot. Wow. I'm gonna have to like quadruple my omeprazole for the for the week. I did like four or, or four and a half or something like that. We did. We we I couldn't bought even finish five. Off. You bought four. Yeah, we bought five. You you eat four. You know what? That was four. You had to buy five. Was the minimum. Okay. The bet was four? Yeah, the bet was four. You guys are way tougher than I am, so you guys might be able to stomach ten. I'm just confident, I guess. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. I'm, I am not in any way tougher. My stomach is the weakest of anyone on this Zoom call right now, guaranteed. I want some wings now. I just had them tonight. I just had Wild Mike's tonight. It's went <sighs> Wild Mike's Wednesday, dude, you know? But I go, I go Mike's Mixed Medium. That's how I roll. Extra wet. Oh, no doubt. Because especially you got to say extra wet now. Shout out to Wild Mike's. I love y'all. But when I get takeout and I get Mike's mixed medium, don't just like drizzle that medium oil on them. Like Mm -hmm. give me some Mike's mix, right? You're not there to complain about it. You're going home with those things. Yeah, so I used to get a side of Mike's mix. So I there was a, during the COVID, during the heart, I guess we're in the heart of the COVID, but during the beginning of the COVID, Aaron and I would just get we would do a side. I say I, I want my meat, I want my sauce on the side because y'all don't know how to put them on my wings. <laughs> so, so back to how the leagues will just start inventing ways to determine out, like who advances. I mean, the NBA is kind of crazy because they've got, like in the West right now, they've got, what is it, like six teams going for the last, like, spot or two. And they they have this weird rule where, like, if a team's within, like, four games of each other, that's that's not, like, determinative. They have to play a series or, like, a play-in game or something. Like, like, that's what I mean. They're just going to come up with ways to determine who advances as they go. The difference is the NBA has already got it put out there. Maybe yeah, true. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Although I wouldn't be, I would be shocked if they don't have contingency plans already in place. I mean, I mean that's the point. Like Greg, like Greg Popovich. Well, I feel like they should already be out there because we're we're at the height right now, right? Like, if there's ever a time that Major League Baseball should put out a contingency plan, it's literally right now with four teams having to postpone five, six teams postponing games. Due to COVID, two teams for sure, if not four, that have COVID problems inside the team. If there's not a time to release a contingency plan, this is it. Yeah, but, you know, you, you don't want to show your hand unless you have to. I, I, they're just not going to you'll, – you'll know what the, this, the plan is when they make, have to make a decision. But even if it's not, like, inside playoffs, it's – there's no chance the Marlins are going to be able to play the same amount of games as the Reds. It's imp- there's there's no way. The They're Marlins are never going to be able to. I I agree with that, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, so so the contingency plan should already kind of be out there. I think they'll just forfeit those games. I mean, for all we know, Marlins might just forfeit the season. If I was if I was a Marlin, uh, who was it? There was a red that just got um, 
no, who was it that just got traded to the Marlins because they were having so many issues, and and the Reds made a deal with the Marlins and moved a guy over there. And I was just talking to my dad about this. If I was that guy uh, at at Presco Park for for the Reds, I would say I would tell my my agent, tell the Reds and tell the Marlins, I'm not playing this season if I move to the Marlins. It's just not happening. So rethink this deal before you make it because I'm not going to play. Why, why would you even think about that? The Marlins can't keep anybody on a team, much less on their secondary team. So they're making moves to try to bring people in. Why, if you were a player, would you throw your career away to, to be a to, to, to do something like that. It, it might be the opposite, though, for, for, like, fringe guys that want an opportunity to play Major League Baseball that might – that may be minor league players. Play for the absolute worst team in baseball because they don't even have a Major League Baseball team. They've literally got a double-A team walking out for them every single day. You're going to go play for that that nobody's ever going to remember. You're never going to do anything for. You're never going to get to play at that lower level to develop yourself into the player you need to be to play at the major league level. You're going to forego all that to get your ass – sorry, pardon my language – to get your head kicked in. <gasps> Shut up. To get your head kicked in and play for the Marlins and never be remembered again. It's also the show. But it's the show. Everybody wants to show. And it's also about Major League. But it's not this year, 2020, if you're in Major League Baseball, that's not the show. Well, if Chris, if if all the NCAA players, you know, (laughs) opt out of the season, they called the three of us to go play for the Musketeers down the street, I think we'd all say yes, wouldn't we? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about a bunch of rum dums going (laughs) to play Division I basketball as opposed to – a bunch of very well could be professionals, not quite there yet, getting thrown into a professional level of baseball that is beyond anything any of us could ever even imagine. Yeah, yeah, I was being silly. But not those guys. I okay, right. I know you were. I know, it's, but uh, but you're right. It, it's short. If it, I had I, to answer your question, you. yes, in a heartbeat, I'm going and playing at the Centos Center right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I agree with you, though. It's short-sighted for some of these guys to – I mean, honestly, a lot of these guys should probably just opt out. I mean, again, I don't know I, – I mean, it's easy for me to say that. I mean, you have to think about, like, what impact financially that has on them. Um, I would, but some of these that, younger guys, or even the older guys that just have a couple more years left, I mean, they probably – the one like, when people start opting out, I totally got it. I was like, that is a, such a, I think, smart decision for those people – um, so I'm not, I don't hate on the people opting out. I actually think a lot more players should consider it. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I, I agree with that. It's, <laughs> no, I, it's about, it's a lot about the financial part of it is you're, you're still going to make, even though they're making way less money this year, you're still, if you're a minor league baseball player and you get an opportunity, even though you're going to get your brains beat in every day, you're still getting an opportunity to play major league baseball and you're still making way more money than you're making in minor league ball. Dude, that's a, and and you know, Adam, you just made a point that, that, that we really, we really didn't put into this is 
you think about professional athletes and you think of big money. But when it comes to minor league baseball, mm -hmm. that is not big money. You're talking 24, 23,000, 24 to, to $40,000 a year, which when you, when you, when you, Compare that to a major league minimum of what was it, four hundred and seventy-five thousand or something like that, or five seventy-five. Yeah, it's like five sixty-five. Five, whatever it is, a year compared to whatever twenty, twenty-eight, thirty, whatever the 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 minute, whatever the maximum is, what just what a minor league baseball player makes, like that's a big deal. So maybe that maybe that is a big deal for these guys, even if it is. Maybe that's another big reason why the um, – uh, not retroactive, but what's the word, Joe, uh, for <laughs> uh, not all your money, but all your money divided by the same amount of games. Like the pro, the pro rata amount? Pro-rated. There you go. Pro-rated number might be a huge deal for some of these lower minor league, minor league guys that get an opportunity maybe in, in Miami. I never really even thought of that. I just I think, think how it could kill your career. I think COVID's also exposed uh, how often a lot of these players play hurt, or, or I guess I guess not play hurt, but play not 100%. Because I think a lot of people have used the shutdown period to really get their bodies back to where they need to be. Um, whether, that's, whether that's they didn't do what they needed to do in the offseason or – you know, they just had – they just needed a little more time um, other than the normal offseason to get their bodies back in, you know, better shape and healthy and really focus on themselves. I mean, I mean that's – I mean, like like LeBron James, I mean, he, he's kind of been a health nut um, in his career. And you could tell he probably was using COVID to really focus in on his nutrition and health. So I think a lot of these guys were using that as an opportunity to really focus on things maybe they wouldn't normally do – as much if there hadn't been a shutdown. Zion Williamson, perfect example. That guy, he looks like a totally different basketball player. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that Zion Williamson was fat when he played at Duke or his or or the beginning of this year um, in New Orleans, but Zion was was thick, right? And he comes out of this in phenomenal shape. Don't get me wrong, his weight probably hasn't changed much I mean he's he, he his weight is probably within that five pounds of where he was before but he is in he is in as good a shape as a 200 and whatever 50 pound man 270 pound man can be in so yes I totally agree with that there are especially in the NBA you see a ton of it in the NBA and even in golf I know we don't talk about golf but Bryson DeChambeau, if any of you guys out there watch golf, I love golf, right? And, and I try to talk about it, and I throw it in every now and then on the podcast. Adam pretty much cuts it down right away. But <laughs> it is what it is. Bryson DeChambeau literally put on 40 pounds, 40 pounds, and takes – he's put on 40 yards or more of distance – on his drive, he is he is driving the ball. He literally it was three weeks ago at the Rocket Mortgage, I think it was. Uh, there was a there was a four ten or four twenty yard hole. That's a par four, 
and he drove it to the fringe. Now he got a lot of, got a lot of help because it was firm. It was hot. It, it hit the fairway and rolled, but that's, that is professional driving uh, these silly professional drivers that have extended shafts and all the illegal stuff you can't use in professional golf. That's stupid. That's ridiculous to think about something like that. But these people are putting them, they've taken the four months, three months that they've gotten off and put themselves because they've got the money, they've got the time, and they've got the effort. And, and if you're a professional athlete, honestly, you've just putting, you're just putting in, you've got a different a ticker in your head, right? You, most of them really are. They've, they've got a different ticker. So the, 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 the determination is different. And you're seeing it. James Harden, who – James Harden looks like a different person. Like, it's, it's insane. Nikola Jokic, same thing. He dropped yes. a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Speaking of that, did you guys see uh, Zion Williamson broke a club the other day? They've got they, – they're living exactly the same lives they're living because they have built – a whole world down there for those guys in Orlando. Well, they're, they're swimming, they're, they're golfing. Golf they're, they've got six golf courses that they can play on. I mean, that nobody that's else the thing that these dudes are doing that they there. probably don't do that much of. I've seen four four NBA players break the heads off of off of drivers because they don't know how to swing a golf club. I'll yeah, be that, honest with you. That was the thing. When I saw the when I saw the post, it said Zion Williamson breaks golf club. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's like hit a bad ball or something and just snapped his golf club in half. That's real strength. And then I saw the video and he just holds up the club I'm like, oh, the head just flew off. That's happened to me before. And I'm the weakest guy in the world. Dude, there ain't much holding that thing on. If yeah. you smash it into the ground and it's hard as a rock around there, yeah. You're going to break it off, especially if you're a 280-pound Goliath of a man. Well, Chris, your man LeBron doesn't seem to like the bubble life, according to that article that came out. I don't know if it was yesterday. Um, Just, you know, not not feeling the bubble life. No. What, What player do you think there's somebody out there that likes it? Even though they've got six golf courses, and a lot of guys it, saying it's 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 fine. That they're saying it's fine. Yeah. They're saying it's fine. He just missed. I've never, I have not heard a single player that has come out and gone, "I love it. This is great." So the bigger profile you are, the more money you make, the more the more things you do as a person, the less you're gonna like this. Because you just can't do those things. And LeBron does more than anybody because he – I got I, – I'm not even going to get into this because <laughs> he's just that great. Yeah, he can't, he can't film Space Jam 2 right now. I feel bad for him. That's money. If I'm – Oh, yeah, I feel so bad him. he's missing out on, on a few extra million. <laughs> Todd, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is totally not fair. That is not fair in any way, shape, or form. I don't care how much money you make, whether it's 
whether you make $10,000 a year or $10 million a year, if you're going to joke around about, oh, you can't make a couple extra million. Yes. Yes, that is serious. That's a big deal. Whether you're a billionaire or you're a, a hundred thousandaire, that's a big deal. So he did, Joe, he, did do, he did do something cool tonight during the Lakers game, even though the Lakers basically just, you know, laid an egg and slept through half the game. Uh, he, had a, he had a section of the – I don't know if you saw, they're doing like the virtual digital section yeah. of, of the fans, you know, through Zoom or something. Um, he had a section filled up from students from his school, that school that he um, oh. cre- created. So that was pretty yeah, cool. That's cool. That's cool. He also had Little Wayne. Little Wayne was in the audience. Yeah, I saw Manu Ginobili in the audience at the uh, Spurs game the other day. That was awesome. Was he? That's cool. That dude. That dude could still play. The yes. tournament needs him. He could still play. Oh, well. Somebody I'm should sign. I'll tell you right now, Joe, that there's nobody currently involved in this Zoom call that doesn't think Manu Ginobili could play in the league at the age of fifty. <laughs> Which I know is only like three years away for him, but <laughs> I love that guy. <clears throat> oh. All right, well, Joe, you—I mean, we only gave you like a couple minutes on on soccer. You got anything else? I saw Portland won that game. Now, let me ask you one question. So, Portland is the is the last team that FC Cincinnati played, right? Yeah, that was the first. Yeah, so they made it through the group stage, faced Portland in the. Uh, knockout stages um you know one-to-one had to go to pks pks did not go very well for fc cincinnati and ultimately they had to uh you know obviously got defeated in pks so is portland the team that sorry is portland the team that uh that every time they score a goal they take the chainsaw and and saw the 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 big log and, yep. and all that yeah they're called the timbers they're pretty good, right? I mean, that's a legit – they're always really good. Yeah, they're they're usually uh, one of the better teams. I, I, I would say last couple years not as good as they used to be, but this year obviously during this tournament they've made a run. And, you know, I guess most teams, you know, if you're going to lose to anybody, you want to lose to the champ. So they, they'll now go to the finals. Um, and, you know, the tournament means something. The team that wins gets a whole bunch of money. Um, and they also get a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League, which is kind of unique to an American sport because you see it in European soccer where if you win your, a certain spot in your league, you then go to more of a continental tournament the next year, and you play that continental tournament the same time you're playing the next regular season. So it would be like if every division winner in MLB then went off and played – you know, division winners from, you know, Mexico League, Canadian League, and a different kind of league the next year. Um, so that's a, that's up for grabs, too. So let me ask like, you this question. like Major League Baseball playing in the uh, – a Major League Baseball team then putting themselves into the World Baseball Classic. Yep. And what's, what's odd, I guess, for most American fans when they see what soccer does is that you play that next year – in between your regular season games. So you're playing in a tournament that you got into based upon last year's regular season results while you're also now playing another regular season at the same time. 
that's a lot like what uh, FC Cincinnati did before they were in the MLS, right? They played in what's the tournament? What's the tournament called? Well, the U- where you play? Yeah, the US, they were in the U.S. Open Cup. That's where they made their they, big run. They made it to the semifinals yeah. Um, yeah. while also playing the USL regular season. Right, and that was where they made their big push with Nashville and uh, one other team, I think, Sacramento or somewhere like that, to try to get that next spot in the MLS, and that was a big push for them. Yeah, I mean, they – Because they did not have a good year in their league, but they played phenomenal in that tournament. Yeah, that Open Cup run was awesome. Okay, so let me ask you this. So Portland is Portland won their game as a semifinal game. So like you said, they're in the finals. When your team, your home team, your favorite team, whether it's FC Cincinnati, Xavier basketball, whatever, when they lose to a team in a tournament in postseason play, do you then root for that team to win the whole thing? Because then you can say your team lost to the best team. Or do you root against that team because you're upset that they beat your team? Or do you not care at all? I definitely don't root against the team uh, unless I hate them. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, I, I'm someone that will say, hey, if you're going to lose to someone, you might as well lose to the champ, right? So, you know, if, if Portland goes on to win it all, you could say, hey, we were playing well, and unfortunately we just played the hottest team in the tournament. Um, uh, Joe, listen. I am totally for if that team goes on to win it all, I am going to let everybody know that we lost to the champs. That's the only reason we lost. We lost to the best team. That's who we lost to. But if I lose on a last-second fall-away corner bogus-ass three-pointer that just luckily goes in – for the greatest team that I've ever seen step on a court in Xavier basketball history against, <clears throat> against Wisconsin, then yeah, I'm going to root against them no matter what. Yeah. I, for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. I to, I was rooting against Wisconsin too. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm go with Gators. You. Go Gators, baby. Let's or, like, go. or if it's Duke. I mean, it, I mean, it just depends on who it is. Depends on who it is. I totally blame Duke on Thad Mata. So I have, I got no qualms against Duke at all. I totally blame that game against Thad Mata. The stupidest decision I've ever seen in my life. Miles should never have still been in that basketball game. I don't know. That, I mean, he, he was the best, most dominant player on that court at that time. But I get, I hear you. The way the ref- foul with five minutes left against the greatest big man in college basketball in that time, Sheldon William. We go from being down one with four or five minutes left. Leave him in the game after getting his fourth. After getting his fourth foul, he gets his fifth on the free throw. On the free throw, he gets his fifth foul. He's gone. He's out. Sheldon Williams drops eight in the last five minutes and beats the brakes off the Xavier Musketeers. Take him out. Take him out. Give him a two-minute break. He just got his fourth foul, five minutes left. Take him out for two minutes, maybe even three, because he was stopping Sheldon Williams. Totally blame that game on Thad Mata. 
not on Duke basketball. Yeah, but he may I have mean, come back I, in down six or eight. Okay. Okay, but he's back in and stopping Sheldon Williams at that point in time, who ends up dropping another six or eight at the end of the game. Yeah, but they'll just oh, ice the clock. To get excited. They'll just ice the clock at that point because, you know, we don't have a play till whatever score. Was J.J. Redick on that team? No. No, before that, yeah. All right. Although he's a good he, – he can ball too. He can ball too. He was awesome. I love J.J. Redick. I love yeah. J.J. Redick now. I hated J.J. Redick then. I love J.J. Redick. No, he's a I good love NBA white boy that can shoot, that's got some cockiness and just throws it around and just like, let's go. I'm 50 years old. And I can shoot better than anybody in this league. Let's do this. Yeah, I can I love it. When people talk about Xavier players that might play in the NBA, I for some reason I always use JJ Redick as sort of like the this like bar they have to get. Like, I mean, I love JP Makura, but he's not JJ Redick. I mean, Trayvon Blewett thinks he can shoot, but he's not a killer coming around a screen like JJ Redick is. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. <laughs> you didn't like the Blewett comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say something. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're starting a team with Blewett over J.J. Redick? No, no. I can't speak. No, I can't. You can't say that. You can't. <laughs> There's no way I could ever. You can't. You can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. J.J. Redick is a is – Trust a me, I want to. J.J. Redick is like, is like one of the best – five shooters in the whole world and you can't say that about Trayvon Blue. No, 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 no. I totally agree with what you just said. I'm no. That's why that's why I made if you're watching YouTube, I made a lot of faces, but I never <laughs> said a word. I kept my mouth shut. It's all love. I mean I love I thought you were going after guys. JP. I, I thought you were about to compare JP to JJ Reddick and I was about to just go absolutely not in any way shape or form i love jp mccura one of my favorite ballers in a xavier uniform for multiple reasons underrated for his play overrated for his antics no i take that back i take that back he's perfectly rated for his antics <laughs> but i thought that's where you're going so when you threw all of a sudden jumped it up a notch and went to Trayvon. I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of Xavier basketball, real quick, Joe, will you and I sit at a Xavier basketball game this year? No. I agree. I don't see it. I can't wait to get hang a lot of you, though. I, I can't wait to get that deposit back in my bank account. <laughs> I don't know if you uh... – Saw my tweet reply to your dad. He, I forget, I forget. It was like a discussion about hope, hoping to have a season. And what I kind of proposed was Big East only. And because there's now, um, what is it, 11 teams, because UConn's now playing, I think you just got to do five home, five away, and you do double headers. And you, so, just, you just live with less travel. You just say, yeah. okay – you know, Butler come to come to Centos, play two games in two or three days, and but then it's not play. that's not even going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen with fans, and it's I don't think that's even going to happen. You're talking about flu season 
We will not have a vaccine at the time yet. It's only going to get worse again. I hate to say this as a non-doctor and as much as I want to be at the CentOS Center, but uh, dad's watching this, right? He's going to watch this on YouTube. He doesn't know that I had to fill out a uh, questionnaire that was sent to season ticket holders. And I ain't going to lie to you. I had trouble. It told me to choose the three most important things to going, going into next season, right? It said three most important things to you. I had to choose one through three. Defense, I looked at this list. Rebounding I looked at this. and free throw shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We came to, to, to fan safety. Sorry. Three most important things, fan safety. And I, and I looked at these 12 things and I went, yeah, can I just choose all of them? Because there's not one I'm putting above the other, except for the fact that some of them, they already did. One, a couple of them were like uh, uh, restroom cleanliness. I'm going to tell you right now, after halftime, like there was, a group of, there was a group of people waiting when halftime was over to get in and clean them bathrooms. Like they did a heck of a job of cleaning the bathrooms. But outside of that, the other 10 things on there, I want all 10 of them at the top of my list. I got to tell my wife, like, I don't know how to choose. Like, I can only pick three. This is crazy. I don't even know how to pick three. But anyway, it ain't – I don't think it will happen. There will be no fans. We will not sit there. I would love to get to go to a game or two, especially to get to go see Butler – to get to go see UC because we miss UC this year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, MLS finished their uh, tournament. They're now in discussions about do they play more games? When do they start having fans? So we'll see that. Does baseball, I mean, does baseball, when they get to the playoffs, do they do they try to have a certain like 20% capacity I mean, again, I, I guess they can't keep their own. They can't keep their own players safe. Yeah, but but again, those are not because it's not possible. Those are bad choices. I mean, the Cardinals players went to a casino. The Marlins players went out running uh, errands that they shouldn't have run. I mean, I I still believe it's possible to do things a certain way and be safe. Um, the, but but that's putting faith in a lot of people, especially when you're I'm just going to say, you can't put faith in a group of millionaires that they're saying the only way you're going to get paid is if you guys follow these rules. And then you're going to put it in the, the, the hands of people that are not millionaires, that are just going there to drink beer and hang out and watch the game. And it, and, and, and it, it doesn't mean there's no monetary value to it except for spending monetary money <clears throat> monetary money is probably <laughs> like uh, a little bit redundant but <laughs> um anyway what, what was i trying to get to so i i can't imagine a way of having that they'll they'll do no fans now and then fans for the playoffs i can't see it just like with xavier basketball like some of the questions we had were how many games do you want to sit in your own seat for so they're obviously thinking about, you know, a Xavier basketball is 80, I think it's 80, 82% uh, 
season ticket holders already, right? Yeah, very a very high percentage. Yeah, it's 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 in that 80 number. So you're not going to be like, hey, 30% of fans or 50% of fans or 60% of fans because that number of fans has already paid for all of their seats for the entire year. So it's going to be hard to say something like that unless you figure out a way to say, okay, season ticket holders, you're going to get, instead of 17 games, you're going to get 11, 8, 9, whatever. It's going to be tough. Well, they have that progressive pricing. So I think what they would do is they would just tier tier all the games and you as a season ticket holder would get, you know, one from each tier or something. Again, though, I think what will happen is most people just won't um, do it. They just won't do it. They won't go. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know, like if F, if FC Cincinnati calls me and says, hey, do you want to pick three matches this fall? I don't – I mean, that's going to be a big discussion. I don't know if – I don't have the answer to that question right now. So I, you don't have it. So, so for Xavier basketball, you, you got the questionnaire. I got the questionnaire. We had to fill it out as, as season ticket holders. Uh, October would be when we would start going to games, dude. I ain't going to lie to you. Two months comes quick. We've been doing this for almost six now. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when it started. Two months ain't going to be that far away. How how comfortable, Joe Leonard, do you feel right now with going to a Xavier basketball game? I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. Now, what's what's strange is that, you know, my my everyday life is a little more normal than most people right now because like our office is open. You know, we're open for business. Um, we're back in the office, you know, trying to do all the office protocol and doing it successfully. Um, I'm having meetings with clients. I'm having, you know, lunches with people um, in restaurants. So, I mean, so that, I think that experience over the last few months has led me to be closer to being comfortable with it. But again, I don't, I still don't know right now if I would go to a indoor basketball game. Buddy, I'm going to tell you this right now. One thing that changes the world is when the Corona hits your house. And the corona, the, the Rona hit my house, and it changed me in ways I can't even tell you. Now, it didn't spread through my house, but it hit my house. And I'm going to tell you right now, brother, it changes the way you look at things. And I still, and I still see myself getting looser and looser even after we've had the issue in our home. I still see myself getting a little looser with it, but I still have not been to a restaurant. I still, I'm still uh, have not traveled for work and that's what I do for work. Like there's a lot of things that, that make the world a different place once it hits you. And if you get into a confined system like a basketball court or, or arena and it hits, and all of a sudden, everybody may not know it. Everybody's not going to know it, but it hits. You got 80% or 70% of fans there, and it hits 10% of them. Brother, that's a big amount of people. And it's home a little quicker than everybody thinks it will. Yeah. I just, they're not going to have fans. And if they do, it's going to be 
only in such a way that all the fans are away from each other, you know, enough distance. And that's not going to be a very high capacity. That's my thing is, is they were talking – because they were even talking about trying to do that in baseball, like you said before, sometime this year. But even if you have people sitting six feet apart, walking to your seats away – out of the – you know, out of the stadium when the game's over, it's, people aren't going to stay six feet apart just because you're nope. sitting six feet apart, you know. It's like the zoo right now, bro. You go to Cincinnati Zoo, you got you to gotta schedule a time. You got to schedule a two-hour period. But when you walk into the zoo – everybody's in there at the same time, right? So the beginning is packed. You spread out, things happen, you feel comfortable again, things spread out. But, man, there's ding-dongs that are going to walk right up and stand next to you when you're standing looking at some monkeys' pink butts or whatever you're doing. And it's it, no matter what you do, if you're in public, you are in uh, a state of, I hate to do this to you, Adam. I hate to put this fear back into you. But if you're in public, man, you're you're in harm's way. Now, sure. now, certain people like me that have a immune system like Mike Tyson in the, <laughs> in the late 80s, early 90s, it don't bother me one bit. I've already had the corona, I'm pretty sure, but I only had it for about 10 minutes. Pop, pop, pop. I hit it with a quick... With a quick four piece, knock that thing out, and uh, I'm good now. So, there we go with the chicken again, talking about four piece. <laughs> Very hungry. All right. Look, we have got to let Joe get to bed because we've got one more thing to address, and that's Jim. Oh, Gabbard. cow, it's 12 45. But yeah, so, so the man has a job, and uh, we need to let him. We need to let him take care of business and get some rest so he can go out to lunch at a restaurant tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it, it, it was a, a, an honor to have Joe Leonard on with us. He brought us a little soccer that we would not have normally talked about, even though he asks us all the time to. Um, but uh, so he brought that for us. And I loved the discussion between you guys about all the baseball stuff. You're going to come back on, Joe, whether you like it or not. We're not even asking. We're just going to tell you you're coming back on at some point here. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because somebody's got to eat. Somebody's, somebody's eating 10 stupid hot wings. So. That's, right. That's right. So, so I, I, I don't usually partake in the comedy uh, segment of your pod, but I'll just – I think I've said this in, when you guys were on Facebook Live in a couple chats a couple times – but uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, they call him Fluffy. You guys should add that to your list. All right. So here's the deal. Can I, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a homer call. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, yeah. that, that's kind of like, like being a Reds fan with the worst bullpen in baseball and the best starting staff in baseball and saying the – saying that baseball should just go seven innings. I feel like the, 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 the short, pudgy Mexican is going to come out to the, the podcast and say we need to do Gabriel Iglesias on the comedy segment. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, even though we share similar ethnicities, I'm not saying that's it. I'm not saying that's it. I'm just oh, saying no. 
It's not just ethnicity. Oh no, no, my friend, it's not. No, if uh, if you if you met one of my cousins specifically, you would think he was Gabriel Iglesias. So, um, but no, yeah, Fluffy, <laughs> Fluffy's the man. So, Adam, Adam, do your list. Well, here's the deal, Joe. I'm going to tell you this right now. Every so, what we've done now for about I'm going to go with two months, month and a half, two months. We're going back and forth on who chooses the next comedy segment. This week, Adam chose Jim Gaffigan, okay? Which means I get to choose next week. I'm putting a guarantee out there. In honor of Joe Leonard and his Mexican heritage, I am choosing Gabriel Iglesias. I'll tell you which one when we get to the end of the comedy segment. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Awesome. On that note, Joe, my brother, you do not have to hang out for the Gaffigan. If you want to hang out, you're more than welcome to hang out and be on the Zoom call. But if you want to leave, you're more than welcome to leave because all we're going to do now is talk about Jim Gaffigan's uh, uh, latest comedy segment on – Amazon Prime. Yep. Well, I'll leave it to you guys. Thanks as always having me on. Big fan. Can't wait to see the uh, see and hear the playback. But uh, have a good night and uh, go Reds. There you go. Go Reds. Good work. Good work. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you. See see you, buddy. All right. Bye. All right. The man, the myth, and the legend, Joe Leonard, comes on. I don't know who won. I don't know who won, but considering he's not on the podcast at this exact moment in time, I'm going to say gonna I, claim I won the debate. <laughs> no, no, that was just a good fun. That was just a good fun discussion. I loved it. I, loved I, it. I feel like there would never be a winner in that because when you it, – it's – as much as I hate to say this, it's like politics these days. If you get – if you get too far left, if you get too far right, there's just no in between. And that's the way I feel about baseball. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some gray area and some, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, you know, somebody on your side of the, of the debate, a lot of that's true. A lot of it's great points. A lot of the stuff that he feels the reason that he feels like, you know, seven innings are better. Those are great points too. It doesn't matter because we don't we don't get to or have to make that decision for baseball. Uh, we just God. we have to deal with whatever they tell us to deal with. So uh, right now it's nine inning games unless you're playing a doubleheader and it's seven innings and and you even agreed to that. And I I agree I agree too. If they keep it nine innings, I still think even next year everything's back to normal. Life's back to normal. People are in the stands stuff. Doubleheaders exactly for that reason. So, you know, we're talking about shortening the game to get more fans interested because it's less time to, to invest. But for players, I think that's when that, that comes in. For players to, to do doubleheaders, I think seven innings make more sense because you got you just wear those guys out. Like, like, I mean, in one day, you're using two days' worth of work in one day. Right. So – um, but anyway, the only thing they've done to make that easier for you, if you're a Major League Baseball team, 
is give you one pitcher. You get one pitcher that you're allowed to put on your roster oh. for that day. That's it. Yeah. One. And, and usually you have like a lot of times you have one day to figure that out because they don't normally it's schedule almost always the starter. It's almost always the starter because you don't want to throw your rotation off. So you keep right. your, your normal starter for the day and you bring up your triple A starter for that day. And you say, well, good luck, old boy, and we're going to send you back down. Yep, and it's, and it's all in a day because usually it's a rain out from the day before, and then suddenly you got to make a quick decision and you got to bring somebody yep. up. And so, all right, well, we got to move on, on that to, note. Yeah, to, to our comedy segment. We had Jim Gaffigan, his new special, The Pale Tourist. Um, and I didn't realize what exactly this was. Um, until I watched it. So he has done a tour. It had to have been before the COVID stuff because he was traveling around the world doing all kinds of different things in different countries. So it had to be before, it had to be at least before January or February, maybe. Yeah, I want to say it was around the election just based off, it was, I would say it was either just after the election or right around the election of 2016, just based off of, uh, some of the jokes that were put out there. Oh, was it? I thought it was okay. Huh. There was some. He kept saying, "There's an election going on." There's a, so maybe uh, that, then I could be wrong. You know what? I was thinking it he was is, talking about maybe it is very, just coming up. You're right. It very well could be. So, eh, I, either way, can I just can I just be? I'm a, I'm just gonna be frank. Well, I, when I, I've, when I've always known you as Chris, but if you want to change it now, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm going to be frank for just a moment, and then I'll go back to Chris. Okay. But when I'm frank, because I used to know this dude named Frank that just, he hated history. He hated school. He hated history. He hated uh, social studies, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So if I'm going to be frank, Man, I just I was just tuning in for a comedy segment, not a daggone history lesson, especially a history lesson about Canada or Spain. <laughs> what was that? What was that, dude? I ain't gonna lie to you. I, Jim Gaffigan did not get a big score out of me the first time he watched them. I watched the whole. So this is a two-part series, right? It's 45 minutes and 50 minutes. It's two different ones in uh, ones in Canada, ones in Spain. I think it's, it's a, the second one's in Barcelona. I'm not sure where the first one is in Canada. Right. Either way, it's basically he makes fun of Canada and then he makes fun of Spain. But it's just talking about their history and it's a bunch of baloney that I don't care about <laughs> and I don't know about and – Listen, if I like, there are certain things I love to learn about history. I love history. But if I'm tuning into a comedy special, I don't care. I don't care. And I stayed awake for the whole first, the whole first the, uh, segment. The second segment, I don't know where I fell asleep. I fell asleep. <laughs> And when I woke up, it was over. So I feel bad, but somewhere in Spain, I fell asleep. I got you. I got you. 
I will. Uh, so I, I agree with a lot of that. That was the thing is the Canada stuff for in both of them. Most of his material were, was about where he was and the things that he was, a lot of it was about the food he was trying around there and the, and the you know, the cuisine that is native to those places. Um, and they're just cultural stuff. And that was, that was the, the hard thing about it is following it because I couldn't relate because I didn't, I don't, I don't eat that stuff. I don't, I've never eaten any of the things that he talked about. Um, I don't know what most of those things are. I've never been to Canada. I've never been to Spain. You, you know, just living your life, you hear a little bit about cultures in both places and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but you had poutine though, right? I've, no, I've never had poutine. What? No. All right. It's on. Uh, when, when, <laughs> when the corona's done, I'm, 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 oh my God. What I is mean, that the... Is that the things that he that he said were mashed potato baseballs or something like that? Is that oh no 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 no! no. Uh, I think he he incorporated it, but no no no. Poutine is mostly a fry based, mostly a French fry based substance with a whole lot of gravy and cheese and a little bit of uh, of some kind of meat that you want to put on it. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're getting poutine at the house. I'm okay, I'm poutine. Awesome. I'm gonna get you a little poutine. You know what I mean? <laughs> you a little poutine. <laughs> I, I ain't talking about that pie, it. but that poutine. I have a big problem with what it's called. Uh, I don't know why it, it it's it it bothers me that it's called that. The poo, or the or or the or the poonanny. No, <laughs> no, I think that it's poo and and just uh. Just the whole word in general. I have a big problem with the beginning of it, and it doesn't doesn't do me any favors at the end, at the back end either. But <laughs> I, I I don't know. That was the thing. I, I had a hard time relating to a lot of the jokes, but I tried to separate. I tried to separate what I love about Jim Gaffigan from the content of the jokes. I he's still the way he uses his voice. Um, and, and oh my god, my wife was watching this with me today, and she goes, "Why is he loud whispering throughout the entire thing?" The Spain one, he was, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, the Spain one, he was. But he, but I, 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 I've gotten to really like that. It, it, that that was a little bit different because it did seem like he was whispering the whole thing, and uh, the whole thing, yeah, yeah. But but hey. But his joke. Why are you doing this? <laughs> that was that was different. But yeah, I, I did close. like not even close. I did like some of his jokes though, and he he kind of broadened it at certain points. It they, like you know he talked about toward the end of the of the one from Spain. He talked about bullfighting, and he did a whole thing on, on animals. And he did he talked about um, uh, people that have chickens. And he was like, you know, like he was basically animating the, the, the animals with his voice, like he was giving them human qualities. So he was talking about the bullfighting and he's like trying to figure out why things happen in the rodeo the way they do. And he's like, he's like, why, why did they decide to dress people as clowns? And he's like, it's not like the bull. He's like, it's not like the bull is like, oh, I'm going I'm to gore you guys. And, Wait a minute. Is that a clown? 
<laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, is it my birthday? <laughs> Did you guys get me a clown for my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I didn't even think you guys liked me. <laughs> but anyway, there, he's are, about- there are small bits that, yeah, I left. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, there, that, I, it wasn't terrible through and through. I laughed. There were some funny parts, and a lot of it was the Mexican-Canadian comparisons. But or not Mexican. I'm sorry, American-Canadian com, com, yeah. comparisons. But uh, in general, dude, I ain't gonna lie. I don't know what I gave him the first time. I'm just gonna go out there, and I'm gonna go to 2.3 because mostly because. The only bullfighting thing that I remember was where he was making fun of Spaniards for dancing around with a red cloak and, 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 and you know, playing with a bull until it got wore out and then stab it in the neck. <laughs> yeah, it was right, it was right there. You say, you, yeah, you saw most of it then. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I saw. I was, I was half awake for 99% of it, but I was also half asleep. For ninety nine percent of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he said he he was like making it like two guys were about to get in a fight, and he's like he's like, all right, that's it. I'm gonna go put my gold pajamas and my red blankie on. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, that was so funny. Um, okay, so yes, I I did have a hard time uh, connecting with some of the jokes because they were about other cultures that I and about other foods and stuff like that that I don't know that much about. Um, but I loved his performance. I loved a lot of the joke writing, um, and so I I didn't laugh as much as I have at in any other Jim Gaffigan special that I've ever seen, and he's one of my favorites. Um, so. I'm I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a three point a three point eight. I'm gonna go three point eight. I didn't laugh at him that much. I didn't laugh at him that much, but I'm gonna give him almost a four. Is what you just said. You basically said half is two point five. I didn't laugh that much. I didn't relate to it that much, but I'm going to give him almost a four. That's what you said. Yeah. Uh, God, the cultural bias in this podcast is <laughs> terrible. It's not, it's not cultural bias. I, I am, it's Jim Gaffigan bias. I'm just, I just yeah. love the guy so much. Yeah. And I think Jim Gaffigan a- is you with blonde hair. <laughs> and, and about a uh, hundred more pounds. Um, oh yeah, well, that, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I'm he, such he, a fan. You drink clam juice, you would never even try it. No, absolutely never, ever, ever, ever clam juice. No. Um, if I gave you a drink and there was clam juice in it, you'd never even know. No, we we made so I worked for a flavor company, as you know, and I have for years and years, and we have made clam flavor before that had clam juice in it and i had to taste it and it was as bad as i thought it would be (laughs) first time i ever heard about clam juice 
I've been married for almost uh, 11 years now, our 10 year anniversary, which normally I would have taken that week off of the podcast, but I couldn't help myself but to call in from Mexico. <laughs> because of the amount of Canadians that are there, apparent, which we never talked about this on that day, but uh, apparently that's when I found out about this clam juice uh, Bloody Mary, which is it's basically a Bloody Mary with clam juice instead of uh, what do you call it? You know, V8 or whatever. Uh, tomatoes, tomato juice. Mm. I tried it. I was good. I mean, you know, ain't nothing bother me. You put enough put enough salt on it. I I drink it all day long, man. You put enough Wor- Worcestershire sauce in there, soy sauce. I'm good. Clam juice is very salty, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just put more on it. <laughs> well, you put more salt on everything, so. So true. As I eat my extra salty sunflower seeds. <laughs> so I just realized that's what those were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, so, we, all right, moving on. So Did you, uh, you What's that? Did I rate it? You gave it a 2.3. Okay, I'm good with that. You want you don't want to change it? Is that your nope. final answer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we're what's we're going to have grade? different. What's my lowest grade? What's my lowest grade I gave anybody? Uh, it was. It was somewhere in the G- Jim Gaffigan area era. I know that. <laughs> it was Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld gave a one point nine. My favorite comedian. I gave that. That just tells you how unbiased I am. All right. <laughs> after that, where was I at? Uh, next lowest you had. Uh, see, the last few weeks I haven't added to the list yet. I feel like one of those. No, you loved Ursula Carlson. Uh, you liked Hannibal Burris. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you give Eric Andre? That was. Mm-mm. I think you were okay on that one too. Next lowest, uh, you had a 2.2 for Kevin Nealon. Uh, this was a 2.3. I'm good with that. I'm good. I'm good with my, I'm good with my number. Okay. I just oh, want to make oh, 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 oh. Nope. Whitney Cummings, you gave it two. Whitney Cummings got a two from you. Once again, the, the two lowest that I have on this, on this podcast are probably my two favorite comedians. <laughs> Whitney Cummings and Jerry Seinfeld might be two of my top five uh, uh, comedians of all time. And I have them as two of my lusts. Maybe because I think so highly of them. Okay, guess what you gave Jim Gaffigan, the first Jim Gaffigan. It's called Quality Time. Guess what you gave that one? Uh, 2.8. Close. You gave this one a 2.3. You gave that one a 2.4. Oh, Perfect. No. How about that. Oh, I'm totally good. Dude, that is exactly where it should be. Oh, I feel so much better about that. Oh, I feel so this is what I'm talking about. I don't look, I don't know where any of my grades are. I'm just off the top of the off the top of the head, and I just put them right into the categories they belong. You're consistent. Consistent, consistent is grading. Consistent is the word. So on that note, on that note, 
I'm in charge of this week's comedy segment. Yes. As promised to this week's uh, uh, sports co-host or, or guest or however you want to call him. I'm going to go with a pudgy Mexican uh, filmed in Houston with his newest stand-up comedy special from 2019, which we talked about possibly doing back in January. So we're going with Gabriel Iglesias, um, and it is called... I think it's called One Show Fits All, but I need to double-check on the flicks. So it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It is 2019, and it's called – yeah, that's it. One, one Show Fits All. One Show Fits All. Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias, One Show Fits All. That sounds good to me. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Joe has requested we, Gabriel Iglesias many times, so I'm, I'm very happy we're doing this. And we've been this close to choosing him many times. I'm going to tell you the big reason why I don't choose him most, when we do these podcasts is I try not to get into the guys that are easy funny, right? Like, like stupid funny people. I'm going to laugh at stupid funny all day long. And, and Gabriel does a good job with stupid funny. Um, and we all know he does. So it, it, it's almost easy, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm good with it. And uh, like I said, on behalf, I'm by, I'm, on behalf of my little Mexican brother, I'm, I'm down. Let's do, let's do this. Right on. All righty. Well, we'll be we'll be back next week with Gabriel Iglesias. We'll have probably more stuff on baseball, I'm sure, because I'm sure half the league will have COVID nineteen by next week. Uh, we'll have uh, probably more stuff. We might spend a little more time on the NBA next week because we're going to be getting a lot closer then to the end of these seeding games. So yes, thank gonna be God. In the playoffs. Thank God. I can't wait till these seeding games are over because, and I wish we talked about this more, but. Uh, it's it's fun watching these games, but you can just see that some of these teams they already know where they stand, and they're they're in a three game they're in a three spot radius, and and they're good with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. And, and you're not playing for home court advantage necessarily. This is just for because they're going to stay there. So this is just for who you play. So you know you might if you feel like you have a more favorable matchup if you're the you know, if you're the Clippers and you're number two in the West uh, and you feel like you might – or, well, let's say if you're Denver and you're number three and you feel like you have a better matchup against the number uh, against the number seven team than you do the number six team, you're going to play your butt off to try to get that two spot to try to pass the Clippers, get to that two spot so you have that matchup you want. Other than that, you're well, not playing – Or the team. complete opposite. You may not care because you think – you've got a better chance against a lower seed and you're going to be like, eh, you know what? Let's drop down and play the yeah, Utah, whoever, whoever they are, the, 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 the Warriors who are, what are they? The last team in the league that didn't even make this thing. Yeah. But uh, you know what I'm saying? 
So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I just want the playoffs. I just need playoff. I need playoff sports. I need a major tournament in golf. I need something. I need I need extra. I need just a little extra and we're this close, bud. We're this close. Yep. So like eight more days. I think the 14th, August 14th is the last uh is the last day for the seeding games and then a couple of days after that they start the the playoffs. So it's getting there. We're getting close. So on that note, uh Check us out. We got a, a Gabriel Iglesias coming up here next week on the comedy segment. We just had Joe Leonard with us live on the Zoom call uh, talking about baseball, basketball, and all things soccer. And until next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>